Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Well, we appreciate you being here with us today, and uh, <clears throat> you know, I feel a little bit older today. I, uh, it's not my birthday, but I uh, didn't realize it was my uh, Let's see, what do I want to say? I'll just say Alexis's mother-in-law's birthday, but it's also, and then Ernie was telling me it's his daughter-in-law's birthday today, but it's also my daughter's birthday today, and I thought she was here. Where is she? Oh, there she is. So, just happy birthday. You know, I, uh, to Alexis, but you know, I was thinking this morning, what, what age is it, you know, I'm not going to tell you her age because I didn't know what age is it that you're not supposed to tell a woman's age anymore. Oh, it's after 29. Okay, I didn't know what that was. Uh, anyways. All right. You know, I want you to look to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 5 today, how that Jesus, Jesus makes us alive. Let's pray. Father, we're just so thankful today that we can worship you. We know many of our church family is uh, watching through Facebook and also YouTube. So, Lord, we, as we all even gather together, even right now, Lord, speak to us through your word exactly what we need, Lord, for this day, this week. And, uh, Father, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you feel, I mean, we're all in this together, but, you know, I know if I feel a certain way, I feel like you also feel a certain way. And it just seems like since March, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like, uh, if you will, that, that we're, it just feels like we're going through the motions, you know, and it, and it just feels like every, every week you kind of hold your breath when you hear what uh, the news conference, whatever it be, if it, if it's from the government here in Ohio or whether it's from the national government, like, like what's next? What are we going to do? What we can't do? You know, and it's so, there, there's this overwhelming feeling that we feel like almost in some ways we're not alive. We're just kind of like, you know, kind of just going through everything. And uh, I want you to know today that as a believer, we are not part, even though we have to live in this world, we can look at things and we can live in a different way. We live with hope. And so I want, I want you to look at this and I want you to be aware as we look at Ephesians chapter 2 and I want to read verses 1 through 5. Speaking about how Jesus makes us alive today. And it says, and you who he made alive were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we were once conducted among ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by the nature and the children of wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, 
made us alive. There's a word again, made us alive together with Christ and by grace are you saved. I want you to notice something again in, in verse 2. We, we kind of overlook this. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You know, we live in this world. We need to be reminded that, that the devil is the power of this air. That's what it says right there in, in the Bible. Now, we know that Jesus can overcome anything in our life. And, and that's why Jesus said when he was on the way to the cross, my kingdom is not of this world. We're part of a kingdom, and I want you to get this, that a kingdom, you're part of a kingdom that always wins. And I want you to know today that that, that spirit of this world, you know, I got a little, a little angry the last couple of days. I don't know if you saw that in the news, uh, that up. Uh, we see everything that's happening and all the different uh, <clears throat> riots and, and all those things that we're seeing in Portland and different places in the country. And, and they were actually in one of the, the uh, uh, newscasts <clears throat> up in Portland. They were actually throwing and burning, burning Bibles, you know, and they were throwing them. In. And, I, and I just thought, you know, I got, I got mad for a minute and then I realized, you know, why, why am I not surprised? Why are we not surprised? That is the, the, that's the power of this air. And then I thought, you know, I heard somebody call, call in on a, on a talk show, and he was talking about that area. And, and I want you to get, get this, and I'm not trying to minimize anything. He said, uh, you know, I live up here, and I said, I just wish people would know that it's like this, this one section of the city that all this is going on. Everybody else is going about their normal life. And I thought, isn't that just like the devil? That he takes the media, and even though it's not good, and I'm not minimizing it out there, he so, it so expands and, and explodes this, like that we think like, oh, this is so terrible, which it is, and it's happening all over the United States, and we, and we don't have any hope. That's just like the devil. What does he use? I believe more than anything else, not all of it, but most of it, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you read, what you listen to. He uses the media. You know, every time I read an article on, uh, it's called Flipboard, and it has all these different news organizations, and I, and I have all these news magazines into it, and I read all the time to see what's going on in the news here and all over the world. The first thing I do when I read that article, I look and I see who wrote the article and where is it coming from. Why? Because that gives me already a reference if it's, if it's a way, if, it, if it's liberal, if it's not where it's coming from. And that's the thing that we need to realize that, you know what, you and I, we, I, I want you to get this. We don't have to walk like a, in this world right now like a bunch of zombies. We live with another kingdom and we live with hope. The people of this world don't. Let me, let me give to you a, a, another verse that goes along with that because we're alive in Christ. And because of that, 2 Timothy chapter 1, you've heard this through the last, if you've listened to different messages and, and people speak in, in the uh, Christian fields and so forth and all the different uh, people trying to give people hope. You've heard this verse, but I want to read just one aspect of it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Now, when I read that, 
there's been a real focus on the latter part of that verse. I want you to notice what it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. What do we, what do we have right now overall in our society? You know, I'm, you know, I'm in Circle K the other day paying for my gas or whatever, getting a big golf, you know, and, I'm, and, and you know, the person's in front of me. I realize, you know, I'm not six feet. I, oh, you know, I got to get back here a little bit. Okay, all right, you know. I don't want to get yelled at by anybody, right? You know, and it's that distance and all. And everybody's doing the same thing. Like, you know, they're walking around like, oh, my, you know. And, and, and it's just a, it's that right there what I want you to get. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of fear. I want you to understand. I get that grasp of that thing. Fear. Not just fear. This is what I want you to understand today. It is a spirit. I want you, if you don't get anything else today, I want you to understand what we're facing in this world today that is that has capitalized so many people is not just fear, but the spirit. God has not given us the spirit. There is a spirit that is working right now in this world, and it is a spirit of fear. And that's what we've got to understand. And when we realize that's what's happening. We say, well, wait a minute. I, I don't have to live that way because I'm alive in Jesus Christ. I don't have anything to fear. The worst that we have to fear is death, and Jesus overcame death. That's why I just read those few verses a minute ago. He, God is rich in mercy. We were once in that, in that way. I'm wondering, and I'm sure you do too, how are people coping with what we're living in? that don't know Jesus. I think, how are they doing this? Because their hope is in, oh, you know, what's going to happen next? And when the news comes on, oh, man, finally, and, you know, maybe we can get so many people to go back to sporting events and then 25%, 50%, maybe it can get back to where it used to be and all. I, I don't know that, but I know people are so hoping for things, we all hear this, to get back to normal. I don't want to, you know, if I will, and, and we can all say this, whether you're a teenager or whether you're here today or you're 50 or you're 70, our life, God tells us our life is a vapor. We don't want to wish our life away. So I want you to know today that you and I don't live in the spirit the spirit of fear. This week, when you see all that on the news and you hear everything that's happening, you're not sure what's going to go on. Matter of fact, I, you know, I thought when, um, back in March, when the curve flattened, you know, we heard the curve was flattened and we're going to be able to go back and do the things we do. And then everything was completely stopped and for months. Wait a minute, what happened to what we were promised when, when it was flattened? We could go back and do the things that we usually did. I don't know. What, what is that? And I'm not getting it down on anything. I'm saying that's the promises of this world. This world never keeps its promise. God with you always keeps his promise. So what, what do we say every week? I don't know what you're going through, but I do know this. I know the miraculous book that he gave us, that if you're willing to pick it up, just for a few minutes every day, he will give you exactly what you need for what you're going to face at work tomorrow, what you're going to face with your kids. You know, it, it, it's so frustrating to me in the, in the spirit of fear. I mean, I, I, I get so concerned for our, our parents 
of kids that are in school. Because they're, they're, you're like on this boat out in the ocean, and, and you're not, you, can't, you can't get a grasp on what, what the direction, what's going on. Like, uh, there's going to be school, there's not going to be school, all these different things. So what do we have to do? We have to know, Lord, give me wisdom on how I go about this. I can't control this, but I can control what is happening in our house, knowing that it is founded on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And it was founded on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to rock you. And that's what we've got to do. The Lord has given us, and instead of a spirit of fear, he's given us what? And then we're going to talk about a story in the Bible. He's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, the way that says that, uh, uh, you know that when you know that you're loved, you can go through just about anything. When you know that you're physically strong, you know that you can go just about through anything. And you know that when you're thinking straight, so you can go through. So you put all those together and you know, hey, I'm, I, I, can, I can deal with this. That's what the Lord wants you to know today. You, Jesus made you alive. He made me alive. He's not going to make us any less alive no matter what we hear and no matter what we go through in this world. He's not going to make you or me less alive. Actually, he says, as you and I live, you know, this, this body and, and what I face, I talk about, whether it's my knees or things, and all, there's, and all you face different things in your body as you get older. The Bible is so unbelievable when it says, as you start to feel more aches and pains as you get older, the Bible says your spirit becomes more alive till the day that you die. You know, when I have to go see people or, or, or knowing that they're very close to going home to be with the Lord, and they're, they're, they're wrapped and racked with the pain of this world. It has amazed me I can look at them and I think to myself, through Jesus, they are more alive than they've ever been in their life right before they're getting ready to go to heaven. Think about that. Do you know if we're willing, if you're willing that you can be more alive right now today and we come back next Sunday, that you'll be more alive next week than you are today? Through Jesus Christ. We live in a world that's going to be more afraid next week because what they're going to hear in the news this week. We can know that we're going to be made more alive through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about a story in the Old Testament. We'll close. There's three guys, three teenage guys at the time. I don't know how old they were when this happened, but in the Old Testament, and the book of Daniel, and they, it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, you're like, what? You know, every time I think about those three names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is what I, this is what my mind goes back to. I'm going to, if you, you got to be 50 years old or older to even relate with this. But my mind goes back to, I'm in, I'm in children's church, which is Sunday school, and guess what's going on? Who's ever teaching, there was sometimes they had the ladies were teaching Sunday school, the men were, and they would have what was called, if you remember this, which was called flannel graph. You're like, what are you doing? Okay, if you're here today and you're under 50, just Google it when you get home today. But it was just like a, like a board up here, and it had like this felt material on it, and then it had all these little cutout uh, people and different 
uh, I don't know, all kinds of different things on it that were cut, that, that would have like almost Velcro on the back of it. And it would say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it would have the three here. And then they would slap them on the flannel graph, you know. Like, there they are. And, and then here's what's happening. Well, here's what I'm going to try and visualize to you today. Here's what's happening. The, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's not their real names. They were taken to Babylon underneath that captivity. All the people of Israel or, or Jerusalem were taken into captivity underneath the Babylonian Empire. They were at a place they never thought they'd be. Now, the importance of these three young guys were that they were extremely intelligent. Well, not, we don't look at it that way as believers. We know that God has given them wisdom. And they couldn't understand that in that empire that they were now captured. So they thought, we're going we're to make them a part of our empire to make our empire stronger. We're actually going to so devote them, to our, we're going to change their names. So they changed their names to those Babylonian names, which I, which I just gave you. Now, all the leaders were jealous of them. And they said, you know, we don't like these guys. We're going to get these guys out of here some way. The, you know, they seem to have all the answers. The king loves them because, you know, he's making everything, they're making everything better. And everything we try and do, we're not as good as they are. And he's doing all kinds of things for them. So we're going to get back at them. The way we're going to get back at them, we're going we're to comprise this lie. And we're going to make it in the form of a statue. And they, made the, they, they went to the king and said, hey, king, what about if we make this huge statue in the city? It's going to be so big that everybody can see it in, in, the, in the kingdom. And when all the symphony plays, everybody's going to have to bow down to this statue. And it's, that statue represents you. And the king began to think about it. He thought, oh, man, that's great. I love that. So... It went on, and as the story goes on, that's exactly what took place. Well, word got out whenever, whenever it would take place and everybody in the whole kingdom would bow. He knew that they were bowing to the statue of him, and he would love that. But the word got out when that would happen. These three guys, these three teenagers who so love God, the true and the living God, so we're not, we're not bowing down to any, any, any image. And so it got around. And the king said, what? He said, you mean the, the three guys that we have put in charge and all, all these things and are so wise and everything, you mean, you mean they're not bowing down to me? So he calls them in. And, and as he calls them in right before him, the king made it known that anybody that didn't bow down would immediately, immediate, it says in God's word, immediately would be killed with fire would be killed by fire, the way of death. So he calls them in, and let me read to you part of the story in Daniel chapter 3, and I think it's verse 17. Verse 17, and this is what uh, they say back to the king. If this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods nor we worship them. We worship the gold or the gold image which you have set up. I, you know, the Bible says if you dig down and you realize it says the kings, it, it talks about this if you, if you study biblical history, it says the king's face 
he was so mad, his face turned purple. You ever seen anybody get that mad? You know, you've probably seen your parents when you were younger. It just changes colors, right? You know, mom, you know, like, wow, what's going on with mom or dad? You know, it's just they're changing colors because of something that you did as a kid. All right. They said to him, hey, king, this is the way it's going to be. And, you know, we don't, we don't care what you say or do or, or what you try and give us or what. I, I don't care what you do. Even try and take our life. We, we, but we want you to know whatever the case is, we know whatever happens, whether we live or die, we're still serving the king that keeps us alive forever. This is what I want you to get today. No matter what you and I are facing right now, you are alive. And Jesus, and the more that we, we don't, that we're not under that spirit of fear that we see in the world today, the more alive we are in Jesus. How does that keep happening? It keeps happening through this book. The Bible tells us in, about Jesus in the book of John, and he says this. Jesus is speaking, and he says, I am spirit, and my words come to you by that spirit. So when you pick this up and read it, there's something that happens that you, that you can't explain to anybody. I can't believe, I just read something this morning and, and this is exactly what was going on at work or it was exactly what was happening with the kids and the Lord so gave me that verse. That's what makes you more alive is the Spirit speaking to you through this book. Makes you more alive and gives you confidence that you know what you have is real. What you have is real. And will speak to you in such a way, no matter what you hear this week, you don't have to be afraid. You know that some way, somehow, just as wise as these young men were, God gives you that same, as he tells us, listen now, as he tells you in the book of Ephesians, he gives you the spirit, not the spirit of fear. He gives you and I today the spirit of wisdom. It's a wisdom. In other words, when you don't know what to do with your kids, your family, the, the workplace, all these different things, go to God's Word. And it's amazing how He does it. Now, here's what's so important. Here's what I want you to get also today. You, you and I, this is so important. Don't miss this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Wasn't just Shadrach, okay? There were, there were three young men. What did they do? They fed off each other. What? Think about it. I want you to get this. Think what the devil is trying to do right now in this world that we live in. He's trying to separate everybody. Did you get that? He wants us to be separate from everybody. I want you to know that you need each other as believers in Christ. I want you to know how important it is as the governor of California doesn't want home Bible studies, doesn't want people getting together in their homes. I want you to know that we've got to be so careful not to obey that spirit of fear. You need each other through the week, whether it's two or three or gathered. You need to, to call and to get together, whether it's over coffee or at your home, wherever it might be. There is something that happens when you know as a husband and as a wife that you have strength in each other. There's something happens when you have a sister or a brother in Christ that you know that you strengthen each other. Don't overlook that. 
know how important that is in the time that we live in. They were able to go, not just one, but all three of them before the king and said, you know what, king, we're not going to do this. Don't waste your time with us trying to get us and, and switch, tell us. We're, we're ready. We're ready to go. And whether we live or die, we still serve the true and the living God. He was so angry that his face turned purple. Now, the Bible says immediately, immediately, he called the mighty men of that day. In other words, the strongest, most powerful warriors he had of the day, he called them. And, he, and not just what they had on. It says he took other coats and other thing, everything he could think of, he wrapped around them. You know why? Because in the fire, he wanted them to catch fire as soon as possible. So it wasn't just something thin, one piece of garment that they had on. He wrapped them again and again and, and with these mighty men of warriors, tied them up. So they couldn't, even, they couldn't even be pushed into this fire. He lit the fire. It was not only already going. He made it seven times hotter to where even the people that threw him in were, 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 were killed. And they were thrown in three of them together at the same time were thrown into this huge amount of unbelievable fire we can't even imagine. Now, for a split second, I want you to put yourself in their situation. Just for a second. Do you know whenever we're going through anything, there is a second. There's just a second that we live in this physical body that we're afraid. It's just a second. But when we know and we pull back and we know that we are alive in Jesus, whether we live or whether we die, it's okay. And they knew that. They're thrown into this fire. And as they're thrown in and they hit the ground into the fire, the king somehow, and I've tried to research this and look at all this and figure it out. I don't know how the furnace was then. They didn't have all the things that we have now. But some way, that whether it was a pit or what it was, but he was able to look in. The second that they're thrown in, he was able to look in. I want you to get this. The second, there's something miraculous that takes place that you and I can't t understand that happens in a matter, of, I can't even say seconds. We can say in a twinkling of an eye when Jesus comes back in heaven for us. I can say it maybe in a twinkling of an eye. There's something that happens so fast that you and I cannot even explain it in the natural. I want you to know there's something that happens in your life and in my life when you start to go through something that Jesus is going to come with you and for you and inside you so fast that you can't figure it out to give you wisdom and grace and strength and peace. Whatever you're facing in this life. That when you hit that fire, all of a sudden, it's okay. They knew it was okay. And it's unbelievable. We, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I can't explain it, except that when the king looks in, he says, wait a minute. And he yells at all the people around him and all those that, that he, he can't explain. He says, wait a minute. And he not only says this, he not only says, there's four people in there. I thought we threw three in. He says it. He even acknowledges it. He has to say it. It even, not only is it three, those three guys you put in, there's four in there. And the one that's in there, the fourth one, I, I have to say, looks like the son of God. He actually said that. I want you to know today, when you're in the fiery trial, Jesus is with you. 
and he makes you alive. Now, it's real easy for us because what? Well, you know, we sit down tonight and we look Daniel chapter 3. And oh, yeah, they bound him up and throw him in a fire. Oh, I think I need to go get my soda right now. I'm like, oh, oh, I guess they're okay. All right, that's good. It's great. And that's not what they're thinking. They're going through it. And you know, that's exactly how you and I, you can't, you can tell anybody as much as you want to what you're going through. I, no matter how difficult it is, and you know what they'll start to do? This is what they do. Well, you know, my uncle's brother's sister, you know, they had that same thing. And, you know, I can't tell you that. And, that, and you're saying, that. You, you, you know, I, did you hear what you said? I, did, I, did you just hear what I said I'm having to go through? They can't, they, it's not, they just don't relate with it like you want them to. No one does except Jesus. Jesus knows exactly the trial that you're going through. And he knows if you trust him enough in the midst of the fire, somehow, some way, you're going to get out. Now, I don't even know how the, it's all of a sudden, Jesus is there with them. And then the next thing you know, they're out of the fire and, and just the three of them. And, and that's the end of the story, not the total, but that's basically the end of them getting out of the fire. And I'm thinking, I would like to hear more about that. But you know what? The Bible doesn't tell us anymore. Now, this is what you and I want. Well, Lord, just tell me a little bit more what's going to happen out there in my life. And man, I'm, I, I'll have that faith. He's not going to tell us. You just have to be willing to trust him. That's, that's, that's it. You got to be willing to trust him. The Bible says this, and I want you to get this today when we close. Somehow, some way, they, we know that they were walking through the fire with Jesus, and then all of a sudden, Jesus is gone. They're out of the fire. They're before the king again. And what does he do? He blesses them. And he promotes them. And he says, anybody will be killed in our world now in Babylon who doesn't believe in the true and living God. That's what you and I have to look forward to in the story that we read of truth. That you and I, three teenage young boys, were willing to have the faith of men who've been Christians for years and they had it as teenagers. What we can learn today is this, and I close. Jesus will always make you alive, always. And in the spirit of fear that we live in this world, we don't live in this world. When we pray, you know what the Lord gave the model prayer for the disciples? It wasn't for, for Jesus. He said, hey, this is the way you need to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me say that again. On earth as it is in heaven. You and I can live in a way that we live in this other world, that the things of this world will hit us and come at us, but it's going to bounce off and the fire might get next to us. It said that... When they pulled them out, their, their, clothes, their hair, nothing was wrong with their hair. And, and, and even the fire didn't even, their, their, what they had on didn't even smell like smoke. I close with this, the book of Job. 
I, I love to read the book of Job. When you're going through different things, you need to read that book. But I heard a pastor say one, one time when he was preaching about Job and all the trials that he went through and all the adversity he faced in his life, that, that is, is that happened? And a year, two, or three, or four went by. It just became all the hurt, everything that he went through just became a distant memory. Whatever you face, whatever you're going through right now, if you're able to hold on to Jesus, he's going to bless you. And through the process, you're not going to get burnt. He's going to make you more alive. And he's going to bless you. And I know you don't believe this now, but how much you hurt and what you go through, just as Job, it'll become a distant memory. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but the Lord will so bless you, and you will be able to, to, to be so blessed in where you are in life, you'll be so thankful even for the fire that you went through because Jesus always makes you, keeps you alive and knows there wasn't just three there was four in the fiery furnace. It was the Son of God. He's with you today. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today. You know, a lot of times when I preach, I, I have no idea what most of you are going through. But I do know this. I know Jesus doesn't give you that spirit of fear that's of this world. He gives you a spirit it keeps you alive and so much more to where there's joy and there's peace. And there's that attitude and that spirit that we have, no matter what happens, if we trust him, we're going to make it through this. And he's going to keep us alive. And we're going to know that we know that we know that Jesus is true and he's living and he's the son of God. No matter what you face, no matter what we're going to go through in this life, no matter what we're going to hear in the news, Jesus is the son of God who makes us alive. That's who we serve. Fathers, we come to you today. We know that you are the true and the living and the son of God. Father, people came. They've heard. They've watched on YouTube today, they're here to fellowship, to hear that once again, that you are their hope in this world that we live in today, in our marriages, in our homes, with our kids, at work, and even in our own personal lives, the things the devil tries to throw in our mind. Lord, we thank you that we give you glory today in that. Father, if there's someone here who doesn't know you as a personal Savior, may they know that they can pray, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. You died on the cross for all of my sins. And I ask you to come into my heart, Jesus, to forgive me for all of my sins. Jesus, may someone be willing to say that today, Lord, in this hopeless world that we live in. Father, if there's someone here today that needs to know you as your Savior, we always give an opportunity. We always give what's called an invitation so people can respond to your word. So, Father, as Ben leads us today, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, may they accept you this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.